0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Actors with Issues, the weekly podcast where we interview the rising stars of TV, film and Broadway and give you an inside look at the entertainment industry from the ground level. I am your host, Juan Ayala, and today I am thrilled to be hosting our very first roundtable episode in honor of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Joining me is a fabulous group of actors from stage and screen, including Wesley Hahn from the upcoming second season of Netflix's Russian Doll and an upcoming Blumhouse feature film. Creator and star of digital series Insomnia, Vishal Reddy. Writer, director, and as she put it, actor in a past life, Jessica Wu, and from the upcoming Tokyo production of Poupel of Chimney Town. Actor and producer Will Tommy from CBS's FBI Most Wanted and ABC's For Life. And musician and actor Chelly from Netflix's Never Have I Ever. Goodness, I'm out of breath. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, what's going on? Hello. Uh, so just wanted to thank you all for doing this. Um, I really, really wanted to make sure um, going forward with the show, we do sort of a roundtable episode in honor of whether it's a particular um, Heritage Month or like for June, I'll be doing a Pride Uh, roundtable and with you know Hispanic Heritage Month later in the year and all of that stuff Um, so just thank you all so much for joining me for our very first episode Um, I wanted to start with if anyone has a particular performance or like a show they watched growing up that was like the first time that you felt represented or seen Um, and I want to start with Jessica
1: yeah, thank you. Um, so I grew up in Canada. Um, I uh, spent like the majority of my teen years um, watching like indie films in Canada. And um, so Sandra O, oh, Canadian, um, she did a number of films in the late 90s. Um, like there was one by Don McKellar called Last Night and um, there's one called The Red Violin. And I remember watching that as a, you know, a young girl who grew up in rural Canada, seeing an Asian face for the first time in film. And it was like, I just remember having an aha moment of like, I could be her. She could be like, hmm. I, I, um, I, there there's a place for me.
0: And uh, Vishal, what about you?
2: Yeah, I've I've known since I was like six years old that I wanted to be an actor. And um, I remember I was in India because my parents would get tired of me and my sister and send us to India every single summer when we were kids because they <laughs> needed a break. And so I remember when I was six, I watched this, this quintessential 90s Bollywood film called To Pagal Hai, And it has, um, it's a big musical, very melodramatic and there's a there's one particular musical number with children and they're dancing in the rain with a bunch of adults and I remember being like that's it and so I remember marching up to my parents and being like cool mom and dad I'm gonna be an actor I'm taking it from here don't worry about me and so that was the first moment that I remember um, really really wanting to do that and then when I was a little bit older I saw. Um, which this is a very problematic show now, but apparently when I was seven, I my first Broadway show that I saw, saw was a uh, Showboat, which is not ideal. It's also a three hour mm. show, but for whatever reason, my parents took us to New York and we watched it, and I didn't get up during the entire, even during intermission, like that entire time I was just like glued to my seat. So those are my two that I remember. Um,
0: just kind of you know wanting to jump into this it's so funny hearing of, of people's certain people's first Broadway experiences. And they're like, in hindsight, there's a reason no one does that show anymore. Uh, you know, that happens quite a bit, uh, in the last round table I did for my other podcast, um, a couple of different, of different ones came up. One of them being also the King and I, um, Stephanie J Park had brought up that show. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's move on. Uh, so, uh, Wesley, what about you? Um,
3: I, did not harbor like early aspirations to be an actor for a very long time. I kind of was like, randomly, I was, I was a classically trained musician. My mother's like a pianist. And so that was like my background. Um, So I would say it wasn't really until, um, so I started acting like in high school and then I went on to study theater in college and um, we did a performance. I was in it, I guess I inspired myself. So I was in a performance of M. Butterfly. David Henry Huang and the character of Song Li Ling was really the existence of a role like Song Li Ling was really amazing to me because that person exists at this intersection of like of, of race and like gender confluence and sort of and the politics of how people of different races and backgrounds interact with each other so knowing that that existed was really was really wild to me and even like the political ramifications of how different races interact with each other and I that was a really powerful moment for me where I was like, there are roles for me, for people like me um, in the world. Oh, okay, something that was a little bit more formative, not for acting specific, but um, I grew up in like a very white Jewish suburban town, like a, a decent amount of Asian people, but I never felt really represented in media. And then I, someone randomly sent me like, oh, you're Korean, maybe you'll appreciate this. What did they send me? They sent me um, Chinese, K-pop music video for Lucifer. And it was the first time in my life that I was like, oh, Asians are allowed to be hot. This is a novel concept. So I think that kind of opened up my ideas to like who I, I don't listen to K-pop at all, like pretty much, but it it definitely sort of like opened the door to like what I could
4: be, to who we could be.
0: Will, what about you? What was a performance that sort of um, stood out for you?
4: So I want to say, I don't remember how old I was. I must've been really young, maybe like six or seven. But when I first saw Jackie Chan on TV, I was like, damn. I was definitely, um, I definitely felt like Asian people could be on film because there wasn't really anybody else at the time. I think it must have been like in the 1990s. So I think I saw Rush Hour and then Rumble to the Bronx. And then I just started binge watching all of his films. And I was like, yeah, I can definitely do this. But then at the time, I couldn't do martial arts. So I kind of just figured that in, in order to be successful in Hollywood, you have to do martial arts as an Asian, which is pretty stereotypical even nowadays that you know, all Asian people, we just know martial arts. Uh, luckily I know how to do martial arts now, but <laughs> um, it wasn't until I would say in my late teens, when my brother started acting that I was like, oh wow, like Asian people could do this. And he actually inspired me to get into acting. So yeah, I would say, It wasn't really anybody in particular other than Jackie Chan when I was like five or six, but I would say it was my brother doing acting that sort of got me into it.
0: And um, Chelly, what
4: about you?
5: Yeah, so mine's definitely a little bit similar to uh, Wesley. I didn't grow up uh, thinking I was going to. Uh, be doing the acting thing in fact we actually moved around uh the world a lot because my dad would do like a bunch of different jobs so we lived in like Singapore and like a little bit in Australia We, we were just moving around I was like one of those kids like every two years just going to a new school and I also played soccer so um playing soccer was interesting because I would say you know out of all the sports it's a pretty diverse one I mean you don't really need Uh, it's not one of the more expensive sports. So you get like a lot of different, you know, groups of people playing. So I didn't really think about, to be honest, like the whole, uh, you know, like looking at TV and then thinking like, hey, I don't see too many people like me, but I, I had maybe probably thought like, but if I wanted to do it, I could probably do it. You know, I wasn't thinking that like, oh, wait a second, this might be a little bit more tricky until I actually started like auditioning in Hollywood and starting to get a sense of like, wait a second, there's some, there's something going on here, you know what I mean? And, and then I started, my mind started going back to, uh, obviously like a classic movie like Harold and Kumar was probably the first time I had seen, you know, something like that. Because I, you know, you see like some guest stars, some co-stars maybe here and there, but you didn't really see like a main story. And then obviously, you know, in the last year or two, it's been, you know, heading kind of in the right direction. So for me, I think, I came out originally to LA to do music actually uh, at at USC and then it kind of somehow just kind of morphed into acting and I think I've been kind of like learning as like the diversity wave has been happening and it's caused me to kind of like reflect back on moments when I was younger and be like huh okay I kind of understand that or I kind of understand that more so that's it was a little bit of a reversal for
0: me. It's, it's funny to hear because, you know, no two actors' paths are alike and certainly none of our backgrounds are the same. Um, and it's always interesting to hear sort of where people first, whether they saw a performance and got bitten by the acting bug or as we're talking about seeing themselves represented for the first time. And um, for me personally, growing up, it was like the only Latino family that I would see on TV was on the George Lopez show. And like since then, it's been one of the very like small handfuls that, that's been on TV. And then like in terms of film was like spy kids. I was like, oh my God, there's these two Hispanic kids. They're like action stars. You know, they were mixed and I'm also mixed as well. Um, So that especially felt very specific. And of course, who doesn't want Antonio Banderas to be their dad? But, you know, uh, so uh, next question. So, you know, as actors, oftentimes we walk into the audition room or in this digital age, the first frame of our self tape that a CD sees, they sort of see that, or even just our headshot And immediately there are these preconceived judgments or um, notions that are made just based off of our appearances. Um, So if, are there any particular sort of like misconceptions that um, industry people might have about you? Um, And I want to start with Wesley for this one.
3: Um, I will say that I think, so I've only, I, I got like a new agent, a new new representation across the board, like pretty much at the very end of last year. And that's sort of when my submissions started getting a lot more serious and I started going out more regularly. So I think I sort of entered the industry more fully at like a really ripe time. Cause I don't, I don't feel that I am ra- quite as explicitly racially typecasted as I sense that has been the case for more ethnic actors in the past Um, because there has definitely been a surprising diversity of roles that I've auditioned for and even gotten callbacks for. Um, I will say that there is always, there will always be racial bias. And I think one common misconception is that Asians are sort of more passive, like a little bit more, they don't really have as much agency um, over their lives or in in their relationships and that kind of thing. And I do see a little bit of that. um, And and it's not true, like, if you've ever met, you know, a tiger mom, we have lots of Asians <laughs> running through our blood. Um, and, you know, like, I'd like to, sure, there's like been a diversity of things that I've seen um, show up in my ego casts, but they do tend to be things like nice kids, like nice nerd, nice best friends, something like that. Like, I wanna mm-hmm. see like an Asian playground bully. Like, I think that would be, that, that would be fun. That would be different. <laughs>
4: And uh, Will, what about you? So, yeah, I definitely agree with Wesley. Like in the beginning of, of auditioning, I, I had a lot of more passive roles where we're playing the nerd in class or or sort of pushovers. But lately, I feel like I've just been getting gangster and thug. So it's kind of like the opposite. Um, but but at the same time, like it's it's always nice getting auditions and I feel like our reps will always push us to do those auditions because they're jobs at the end of the day but i also still feel like there is that there's that category still for thugs and gangsters that were constantly being typecast as or i'm constantly being typecast as so i would say that would be it
0: <laughs> it's interesting how it's both like ends of the spectrum it's like the extremes is either super passive and sweet and timid or the ultra violent you know there's like no middle ground and obviously i think that's where so many of us are sort of looking to make strides is as the lead who can have an aggressive side and can sort of play both sides and not so much that like one-sided character um jessica in terms of like misconceptions um what what do you think
1: yeah, um, so I spent the majority, spend the majority of my um, performing career as a, um, a chorus dancer in Broadway musicals, um, and I found that um, throughout, especially um, when, you know, m- maybe less so in the last four or five years, but definitely way before that, um, for a long time before that, um, I became the person who, like, I became the one Asian person people knew. So if there was like a oh we need an Asian girl to be in this dance thing, they would call the one person they knew, and it would be me. And it that was like both flattering and really disappointing, that because we have a such a wonderful huge community, and the folks who make these casting decisions or have um, have the ability to you know to create jobs, um, their circles are so small. Um, So uh, that I think I'm not sure if that's a misconception, but um, the fact that, like, you know, that one person represents everybody um, that you could possibly call on is really horrible. Um, And uh, I will also say that the majority of my career has been spent playing, um, playing playing children and prostitutes. Um, That has been 90% of my career as children and prostitutes. So whatever that means, um, as far as misconceptions go.
0: Again, either end of the spectrums, you've got (laughs) like the young innocent kids or it's so crazy how this industry works. You'd think that, you know, I know for nearly every problem that arises these days, we say like it's 2021, how is it still happening? But these particular like casting decisions, like in this industry for film alone it's like nearly 100 years or over 100 years old now like how is this still continuously happening how have how has you know the reflection of our so colorful and diverse society not yet been reflected onto the stage or the screen or the page um you know we're all waiting to to get mainstream but um you know baby steps let's just hope it happens for our generation and not for the next one or doesn't finally happen uh uh, upon the next one. I mean, uh, Chelly, what about you?
5: Uh, yeah. So, so mine's actually kind of, uh, an interesting one. I'm, I'm sure some of you other guys have probably, uh, they experienced this before, um, where they say, uh, not ethnic enough, but not white enough. It's kind of like this weird little, uh, middle ground where they're like, wait a second, you don't seem like uh, the stereotype that we had necessarily written down, but you're also not, you know, necessarily the white dude that we were also thinking about writing for that role. So they're like, okay, so you're not, you can't go that way and you can't go that way. And now you're just kind of in this middle ground and they're like, well, we like you, you're good. And it's like, it's one of those things where you'll get like callback or network tests for the same producer, like six times. And, you know, you'll go back to your agent or you'll ask your manager, like, you know what what do they think? No, it was great. Uh, And then you'll be like, well, why is it not like moving forward? They'll be like, yeah, uh, I don't know, but they keep calling you back. So that's good. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, but like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of that little bit of a, um, I don't know, I guess whirlwind as you guess, as I guess you could say something that I've been trying to like figure out how to navigate like that kind of a thing, but I'm not sure, you know, there's, much of a way to do that which is actually interesting because never have i ever was the first time i actually played like uh like a brown role on like tv because before that it was like i played uh it's kind of funny the first thing i ever did was play uh an african-american woman's son on a lifetime movie so like for me it's been like you know what i mean it's it's been a lot of interesting things um and and it's always interesting with writers because they see you as you know they see you but um yeah that's that's my answer i don't know if some of you guys have experienced that like kind of that like middle ground where they're like i don't know if you kind of go either way which is um, a problem as well
0: yeah for me personally it's it's constantly that because my mom is of an indigenous background in el salvador and my dad is of a european ancestry from el salvador so i'm not quite as latino enough for what the producers might deem you know you'll get into the first round you get the tape but then also, every Hispanic character that comes my way is an immigrant or has a very thick accent or whatever it is. And it's, like, very frustrating to sort of be in that middle ground and figure out where you land, um, you know, still working, but never explicitly, like, representing the community that you want to represent for that same reason. Um, Vishal, have you experienced something similar? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can talk about this for centuries. <laughs> what
2: I think it comes down to, unfortunately, is... Um, it comes down to colorism, how light or dark you are and what they think is ethnically appropriate for the part. And then two, are you hot enough or are you not hot enough? Because I have found that with a lot of Indian characters, at least with Indian men, a lot of times we are deemed, uh, we are often deemed undesirable and the characterizations of Indian men um, or just Asian men in general, um, are either the butt of a joke or they're sort of a stereotype on a stereotype. And um, if you don't fall within those confines or if you are too light or you're too dark, um, they don't know what to do with you. And it's the, I think it just it's just so reflective of the the people who are making um, these projects. They, they have to look like more of the world and they don't. And there's a lot of progress that we've made for sure. And I know for me, I remember, I'm a theater trained person. So doing plays and musicals is like all I knew up until I got to New York. And my, one of my mentors, I remember in high school telling me, um, it's going to take you a second because the industry is not ready for your, for, for what you want to bring to a particular setting. And um, I remember going into auditions in New York and it was also on a spectrum. And within my first year, I remember, hitting a point where I just started saying no. And the minute I started saying no was when the roles that were an open ethnicity or the roles that were series regulars or guest stars or like, you know, or I just started asking, like, I remember, um, I couldn't get seen for wicked. And I remember having, I knew the casting director and I said, I just made a tape of Fiero. I'm sending it to you. And I sent it to him and he was like, I didn't know you could do this. And I was like, you didn't ask, do you know how many other Brown people would kill this part or any of these roles? So I think just being bold has allowed me to kind of bypass a lot of these, these, these stories that I often hear about people getting pigeonholed because, um, it's also allowed me to start creating my own work. That's what I've sort of pivoted to in the last couple of years. I I just I got to a point where I was in final callbacks for a lot of things, and um, I was like, cool, one of them is going to land. And within a week, I did not book seven different <laughs> seven different jobs, and it was it was uh, it was very upsetting. And so I just said, I'm done. I'm done waiting. And so now that I've started creating my own work and I produced it and put it out there. Th- people have, I I get to, I get to do the things that I've never really gotten to do. And so I think it's changed my worldview completely in terms of how the industry sees me and how these decision makers see me as well. Um, so, but it's been, it's been all over the place. I echo everything anyone's
3: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
0: It's interesting. I remember in an interview with Mark Ruffalo, he had said, I didn't interview him, so I'm not interviewing people that high up on the, (laughs) in the ranks, but he had said that he couldn't get cast on. It was one of the soap operas. I think it was general hospital back when everyone wanted to be on a soap opera, but they told him he was too ethnic. Mark Ruffalo. He's, I think he's like a quarter Cuban or like his dad or something like that. But like, you know, on, on, soap operas it's like jensen ackles blonde hair blue you know it's like super white or super or super ethnic and just like hearing that is like holy crap you know we've made some progress in the industry on those terms but we still hear the same thing it's like oh they're not quite as ethnic as we think it's like with every with with every community with every community of 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 people of color it's like it's a spectrum. It's not just not everyone looks one way, even from a single country or a single city in a country. Like everyone, you know, there's such a mix of of people. And, and you know, again, we're we're really hoping that we can get to the place where that's no longer um a, a misconception. We no longer have to rely on like a universal look for a particular nationality or an ethnicity. Um, and we did chat about stereotypes a bit um before and while they are sometimes rooted in whether um, someone's experience or in truth, sometimes, if it's not written by the right person, it often borders on offensive. Um, so, are there any stereotypes that you guys are just tired of that you hope just completely disappear or, you know, see much less of or at least handled better? Chelly, um, let's start with you for this one.
5: Yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, like, there's definitely like a lot of specific ones, but but to give it more kind of a general overview, just anything that's not uh, multidimensional, you know, anything that doesn't have full character backstory um, and, and that the story isn't just contingent on their uh, ethnicity or, you know, the way they look, like that sort of thing. And, you know, Jessica had mentioned Sandra Oh from Grey's Anatomy. I think Shonda Rhimes just does such a good job of like, when you watch her shows, you don't think like, "Oh, like that's the Asian person," or like, "Oh, that's like the black doctor." Um, even, even like Kenya Barris with like uh, blackish, or you know his new show Black AF, or like you know Mindy Show. It's like just about like a girl in high school. I think like you know shows that start to just focus on um, you know here are people here are just regular people like you or me. They might look different, but the story is the same. It's all about you know trying to find yourself uh trying to you know find love like all, all that kind of stuff and and that's what people you know really relate to and, it, and it's shown in the numbers i mean like one thing that hollywood is like big on is is numbers and you know one great thing about streaming like netflix and whatnot is it's shown that like people do people do want to see a lot of different kinds of stories like this is us is such a great show but you know you'll never see someone categorize it as like oh yeah that's like the show with the black dude like people don't talk about it like that because it's about like real family um you know dynamics and and whatnot so i just hope that it goes more uh more so in that direction because that's what the people want
0: uh, jessica what about you
1: um i mentioned it a little bit before but um i would be overjoyed to never see or do another show with an asian prostitute again um and uh i think that like Especially, um, I can speak more for Broadway and commercial theater, um, but so many of the things that are out there commercially are really centered for like the Asian American community or involving the Asian American community um, are centered on um, like Asian trauma. Um, It's always these like traumatic historical things and that's what we're going to put up on stage and it's usually written by like a white dude and um, what would really help I think is um is similar to what Shelley just said was that like having stories that, um, speak to the joy of our communities that speak to that that are that move away from like the you know the traumatic historical events and go to our you know our everyday beautiful spectrum of the Asian and Asian American experience um, and I think that would create a lot more opportunities as well.
0: Totally agree. Um, Will. What about you?
4: Yeah, I'm pretty much just going to add on to what Chelly said about more multi-dimensionality. Uh, I feel like kind of like what I said earlier, I, I would definitely not want to see another drug dealer, gangster thug role where, you know, basically the it's a co-star with a couple lines just to, to fill that segment in in the show. Um, or another Asian that just owns a restaurant and doesn't really speak much English. I feel like I get those <laughs> a lot. Um yeah, I think the the worst one I, I remember, I think it was like two years ago, I got in an audition where it was just so stereotypical. I was some I was a restaurant worker. And in the scene, basically, um, my baby was taken away or something, but I was sitting on a bag of rice and I was looking at the script and it was just so obvious that they just wanted to make it so asian that there was not really any story involved and i feel like i'm just kind of tired of those types of roles
0: (laughs) i've noticed when reading scripts where a character speaking spanish i'm like oh white person wrote this one because this is google translate this is not a cohesive sentence this is like literally translated and it's it's really because you you can sometimes tell when it's like oh someone not from this community wrote this script because it's usually blatantly obvious whether it's a queer character written by a straight person or, or, you know, any, anything really, it's um, eternally frustrating. But uh, Wesley, what, what about you?
3: Um, I think people are really covering all the bases here already. Um, I <laughs> don't have a lot left to say. I, I guess a little bit about what I was saying before about like the agency thing. Cause like even um, like in general, I would like to see more roles that are not, Completely centered around their ethnicity around their cultural background, because, like, obviously that lends itself to very two dimensional writing. Like, like Will was mm-hmm. saying earlier about, you know, all these co stars, like Yakuza with like two lines, like, drug, de- like Y50 drug dealer with two lines, and then the opposite end of the spectrum being like nerdy Asian IT nerd um, with two lines. Like, those are clearly at that point you're using the Asian stereotype as a prop basically as a bit of moving scenery and that's really offensive. But even um, I had an audition for a guest star in, in a TV show and the character was a Vietnamese human trafficking refugee. It was like a big role, but like this character had absolutely no agency whatsoever. Um, he was completely at the mercy of his captors, and then he was at the complete, completely at the mercy of his white saviors, who are the it's a it's a it's it's a procedural episodic. So obviously he has to get saved by these white. They're not cops exactly, but something to that effect. Um, and that I was like, this is ridiculous. Also, I did the worst Vietnamese accent in my entire life. It was horrendous, really terrible, and I apologized profusely in my heart during that audition. Um, so yeah even with this effort to make to craft this whole arc around this character it was still so flat and two-dimensional and that was I think that was really sad for me to see
0: and Vishal what about you
2: no I think everyone really just nailed it I think what I would love to see is just um us being just human beings because white characters they're at, like where their their backgrounds are not a factor when the character is created and I think that's something that's still we're making progress but it still needs to be um handled better and I think that if the ethnicity or the cultural background of the character is a important part of you know themselves I think let's give it a little bit more depth and complexity um I think like a show like a Kim's Convenience could have been something that could have teetered into absolute stereotype and um, the, the characters just came to life because of the writing in those actors. And I think, you know, there's criticism towards that show, but like I thought it was it was an interesting sort of flip on, you know, what could have been a stereotypical, um, you know, portrayal. So more of those kinds of things just to make it a little bit more um, just interesting. We're so interesting. We're also interesting that we, it's just, it's shocking that we don't get to show that more often on, you know, screen or on stage.
0: Um, so I wanted to end on a bit more of a broad question um, in terms, because our audience is mainly like young performers, young actors um, and other folks who sort of turn to interviews with people um, for some guidance or like, you know, tips or just hearing their their stories. And I wanted to end with the question of what's something that you know now that you wish you knew either at the start of or just earlier in your career? And uh, I wanted to start with Vishal on this one. Oh, wow. I mean, so many
2: things. Um, I think <laughs> just letting my 13 year old self know that, like, you are indeed good at your job, you are your work is valid, um, but don't let the inequity that is this industry um, kind of bog you down. Cause I think for a while it did, I, you know you go in for auditions and you you want to book work and then you don't book work. And then you start thinking, well, is it, is it me? Like, am I bad? Like, should I even be doing this? And I think um, just focusing on the work is very, very important. And also, like I said earlier, say no. I think there's, there's power in saying no and that I, I learned early on, but um, it just gave me more sort of power to do the things that I want to do and also more agency to you know fight for things that I want to um, be a part of.
0: Yeah, uh, Jessica.
1: Um, yeah, so I think what I would have really needed to know, my younger self would have needed to know was um, that it's, it's a good thing to do a lot of things. Um, because I think as um, we can get very, uh, especially I think as artists, we can be like, oh, I'm gonna be, I, I have to, I, I'm an actor and that's what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna uh, put all of my, not all of my eggs into one basket, but like um, put all of my energy into doing this one thing. Um, and um, I think it's, imp- I'm, I'm seeing it's really important and I wish I'd nourished it more when I was younger, um, the kind of the writing and the, the you know the the directing and the bossing people around and the being in charge and being able to be like you know what you can be the person who tells other people what to do and that's okay um and I just kind of wanted to touch on something that um came up in the last question was that um just because I do it's really important me right now to um to uh that, that uh people of color um and uh, underrepresented communities are represented in creative teams and in writers rooms. And um, I think that our industries are not going to change anytime soon without that. And um, so I think if you are a young writer, or young director, or young music, like somebody who's creating work for others to do, please do that, please continue to do that. Um, and. And you can also perform it but please also do the other thing um, because the more um, the more work that is out there for and by our community um, and for uh, f- by our community for everyone else as well um, is a is going to be a larger spectrum of work that represents us and um, there'll be less of a need for any individual work to represent our entire community and um, i think that's just so important that we just have that broad canon of work. um, And we have to write it. Mm.
0: Uh, Will, what about you?
4: Yeah, I definitely agree with what Jessica said with writing and creating your own materials. I found that recently I've shifted a lot of my art to just self-creation and producing. And I feel like it's a lot more freeing because you're the creator of your story. You're not really bound to what Hollywood sees you as. And as of right now, the big players or, or the decision makers, they're all, you know, I don't know, like a 50-year-old white dude that's who, they don't know what our stories are. So they're just going to be writing the same things that's working over and over again. So I would definitely, um, yeah, second to that to just keep creating. And another thing I've realized um, lately, I, I'm here in the UK and I came here for an acting course for a classical Shakespeare course, but I feel like it's it's really important to just, to find the joy in acting again. You know, I feel like after doing these uh, three months mm-hmm. here, I had s- such habits that I guess I developed doing auditions or being on set that you're supposed to perform a certain way or to basically reflect what the TV show is supposed to be reflecting. And you start to forget about the, f- the fun and the joy and the freedom of acting. And I feel like I found that uh, doing this course. Yeah, just just have fun. What's the point of acting if you're not having fun?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think in general a lot of us um, tend to get caught up in the hustle and the grind and all of that stuff. When we forget why we're doing this in the first place and why we started, you know, we all started because we were either inspired or we performed and we loved the energy that we got from the audience or we wanted to do what we saw someone else doing on screen and and yeah, you know, that hustle culture is. I hate it. I really do. <laughs> um, uh, Wesley, uh, what's something that you wish you uh, know now that you wish you knew at the start of your career?
3: Um, I'm going to piggyback off what Will and Jessica were saying a bit in, in, in terms of the finding, um, I suppose more of what we'll say, finding the joy in the acting again, Cause when I first started acting, what I loved about it was how liberating it was. Cause I was this incredibly shy introverted kid. And now everyone thinks I'm an extrovert, but I just studied acting. Um, <laughs> and it, it was such a liberating experience. This idea that like, I can just be whatever shade of myself that I want to be. And they're like, no repercussions. You can be the biggest dick you want on stage. And no one's gonna hold you accountable for it cause he's your character. Um, but then once I you know graduated from my undergrad program and I started approaching the business, I got really locked into like, who am I supposed to be? How do I transform into this thing that the producers that the writers that the casting director want to see? And I, I really lost a lot of the love I had for the craft through that. And I think it was only fairly recently when I was like, oh, the best performances happen when you bring, maybe not all of yourself to a character, but the part of yourself that most directly corresponds to that character. Like, I, I, I was like, I need to open up myself to who this role is. And once I started doing that, like my, my reps, my coaches, um, other professionals that I've worked with have been like, you have, have have sat up and recognized that like, oh, there's something to who you are. That is so interesting that when you allow, that, that happens when you allow yourself to authentically be yourself and bring yourself to the character. You like, not trying to hide your ethnicity, not trying to hide, your non-binariness, um, all of that. So I for sure wish I knew that when I was like 22. Um, oh, small thing, demand respect from your reps. That's a thing I should have known mm. also. I thought when I just gotten out that I basically had to kiss ass all the time to my to my agent. Like, oh, you don't want to answer me for two weeks? You want to ghost me for you know two months? That's fine, because I'm just lucky to have an agent. And I realized once I got good reps, I was like, oh, like, there is respect that can go around that can go both ways. And there is no reason that we shouldn't that we shouldn't demand that. Cause it's it's hard enough without an agent who's not on your side.
0: Right. Yeah, totally agree. Um Wesley and I actually uh have or we're we're part of the same management office and um feel very fortunate to to be with such a great group because some other reps that I had in the past were very much sort of along that th- those lines of like, oh, you're not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna get any feedback on anything, I can answer any emails, despite being like, you know, my door is always open. But it's like, is it? Um, but, <laughs> um, and, you know, especially as as actors of color, we often feel like, you know, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so lucky to have a rep. So many uh, actors, you know, if you look at the rosters of, of a lot of reps, it's very uh, white. And you think, oh, my God, I'm so lucky to get a spot. Let me not step on any toes. Let me not piss anyone off. Let me not pretend to be a like. But then totally agree with Leslie. You can demand respect. You can demand decency. Just minimal human decency from from these people who are, are dependent on us to get their 10% cut. You know? um, and Chelly, what about you?
5: Yeah, I mean, you guys definitely uh, covered... Uh, A lot of it, Um, I would say just for like the younger actors, you know, take take shots, you know, take take as many shots as you want to. If you have an idea, chances are someone will resonate with it. Um, Another big thing, too, is, you know, uh, Will was talking about, you know, making sure that you fall in love with acting. I think that comes down to, you know, don't judge yourself on your wins or your losses you know, not just, not just the, the losses, but the wins either, you know, like just cause you do get stuff. Don't like just tie your love of acting to, Oh, I got this. I love it. I didn't get this. I don't like it. You know, just the, the opportunity to just kind of like express yourself, um, make that kind of the core. And then I think also for like the younger group too, um, you know, what social media has done is you guys can go create your own content. And I've seen so much Uh, I I've seen so many of my friends who, you know, started to act and, you know, weren't getting opportunities and, uh, not all of them, but a few, few of them decided to kind of start creating their own content and they've actually opened up their own doors. Like some of them have sold shows, um, and, and they were like shocked at the beginning, but now it's like, Hey, wait a second. Like, you know, we can't, especially like with the way the thing is moving, we can't always just wait for things in like the business to change we got to go actively and just be like hey like this is what it is a lot of people want to see it what are you going to do you know what i mean and at that point it's like um i think that that's like a big thing for younger actors like coming up just to um like provide them like hope like you guys can go make it yourselves, and then and then do what we're doing right here you know like get a group together get get really a group together and um have like you know, either a message group or whatever it is and talk through some of the things you guys are feeling because like everyone's feeling the same thing. And when you do it together, it's definitely a lot easier than if you're trying to, you know, talk to a wall and try to figure out what's going on, you know, and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So to agree. Uh agree. Thank you guys all so, so much for, for, for taking part in this round table. Um, I actually wanted to end on, usually end this podcast with a rapid fire round of questions. And I'm going to just try and go around the (laughs) faces on the screen that I see. So everyone, uh, if you guys want to unmute to just be able to jump right in, um, we'll start with, we always start with the easy ones. So we'll start with um, Jessica, coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Uh, Chelly, drama or comedy? Dramedy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Will, TV or film? Film. Vishal, what's your most recent binge watch?
2: Oh, God, I'm trash. The circle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Wesley, who's your dream co-star? That's a hard one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 um, Michelle Yeoh.
0: Good choice. Uh, Jessica, when were you the most starstruck?
1: Oh, God. Um, oh, uh, I met Brian Stokes Mitchell on stage... Um, a couple of years ago and that was that was big
0: ah. uh chelly what is a movie that never fails to make you laugh uh borat <laughs> uh, will who is a person that you would trade places with for one day
4: it's not alive anymore but bruce lee good choice
0: uh vishal what is a movie that never fails to make you cry Oh my God. This is so, this is also, I'm trash.
2: I'm going to say a good one is doubt, but then every time I watch this movie, I cry. The
0: holiday with Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. Uh, there's something about that. Uh, Wesley, what's your favorite accent or impression to do? And can we hear it? Oh,
3: wow. Pressure on the spot. Um, I really love RP specifically. Queen Elizabeth's RP. Um
0: no, come back. Don't be silly. <laughs> uh, Jessica, who was your childhood celebrity crush?
1: Oh, um, oh! I so when I, when I was like 13 years old on the cover of Seventeen magazine, there was a picture of Jared Leto in a white T-shirt and jeans, and it was everything.
0: Chelly, <laughs> uh, what is the worst side job that you've had?
5: Uh... Actually, they've all been interesting, but one one was working for a pet shampoo company.
0: Hmm. Uh it's funny, that's not the stereotypical actors. Like every mostly everyone's like catering. No, I know. Uh, I, I want know? to be someone different. <laughs> someone different. Uh Will, if you weren't an actor, what would you be? no cop-out answers. Don't say like director or
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh an MMA fighter.
0: Uh Vishal, yeah. hero or villain? Villain. Wesley, what is a film franchise that you'd love to join?
3: Oh, well, this is basic as hell, but Marvel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Jessica, is there anyone from history that you'd like to portray?
1: I would love a um, you know like a, a, a open a, an open casting um, an open um, ethnicity casting of like Joan of Arc.
0: Ooh, I like that one and um this question's for everybody uh what role did you have the most fun playing uh
5: chelly all right so we did this uh walmart commercial where me and the other actress played actors who didn't know how to act and the entire like film crew were all kids (laughs) below the age of 12. And they were the ones like running the set. And that was basically like the Walmart holiday commercial. Like they were teaching us how to act and we were like terrible. I would say that was probably the best, just watching like a bunch of like 12 year olds just be like the director and the crew. And it was super diverse too, which was awesome too. Um,
0: I thought that was great. All uh, right, Jessica.
1: Um, I did a production of Shakespeare in the Park um, a couple years back. Uh, we did comedy of errors and um, it is, if you've never done it, doing Shakespeare in the Park is like just one of the most thrilling summer camp with like stars type of experience where you're like in a, the, the dressing rooms feel like, you know, uh, you're in some kind of horrible recreation summer camp and they're stinky and they're, you know when it rains, they leak. And there's something just very, um, it, it, it brings all the levels together. Like we had like movie stars and mm-hmm. uh, it just brings everybody from like the the, um, the chorus dancer to um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson on the same level of, um, in the same boat. And it's it's thrilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will, do you
0: have anything?
4: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Shakespeare too. Um, surprisingly, I'm not gonna choose anything that I did uh, professionally, but just recently in my class, I did Cymbeline. So I don't know if uh, anyone's familiar with that. It's, it's not really a, a popular play by Shakespeare, but I played Giacomo. And I did a scene where basically I come, I'm hiding in a trunk and I crawl out of the trunk to basically um, almost rape the the princess uh, Imogen. But instead of right her, I just take all the notes that I can to prove that I seduced her to her boyfriend to win a bet. But it was just such a brilliant play and I had so much fun with it.
0: <laughs> uh, Wesley.
3: Um, also not one of my professional roles, but uh, in college, my friend wrote um, for her playwriting thesis, she wrote a play in the style of a restoration era comedy. And I played a role, a character named Lord Feynall. And he was this absolute debaucherous hedonist who was just out here to have a good time and put his dick in anything that move. Um, <laughs> he, he had no morals whatsoever. And he was absolutely fantastic. And I will never forget that experience.
0: And Vishal?
2: I think this is not a professional one. This was in college. Um, i or no high school i think it was the first high school play that i ever did um i got to do neil simon's rumors and i got to play lenny and the entire show i had a whiplash um because i had been in a car accident and so i literally was like this for a two and a half hour like play Mm -hmm. um and it was just it was such it was just the experience was joyful the cast the crew
0: everything and uh another question for everyone, you guys can take a second to to think. Uh in ten words or less, what advice would you give to a young performer? Well just play. Just play. Love it. Just play. <laughs> Michelle? Find joy
2: in failure. Jessica? Yeah.
1: Bring all of you to every role.
0: Uh Wesley?
3: This is a little cynical. Um it's hard. It's harder than it looks. Take some classes.
0: That's good advice, though. A lot of people think that it's just memorizing lines. It's like, eh,
3: it's a little more than that.
0: Uh, Telly? Uh,
5: jump into the pool before you learn how to swim.
0: You're saying to do that or to not do that? I'm saying to do like that. that. Just jump in. May as well start with the big risk because the whole... And then maybe take some classes, but yeah, but jump in.
5: Yeah. 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 But jump in first though.
0: Um, thank you everyone. So, so, so much um, for, for joining us this week. Uh, where can we find you on social media? If anyone wants to uh, to share the love and give you guys a follow.
3: Um, I am W sprout on Instagram. So that's W S P R O U uh, T.
1: You can find me on like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter um, at woohoo jwoo it's w-o-o-h-o-o-j-w-u
5: mine's just uh, at shelly on instagram so just c-h-e-l-l-y
2: um i'm at ready to rumble because i love a pun on my last name so r-e-d-d-y the number two rumble um on instagram and then i'm i'm occasionally on twitter
4: i'm will tell me will dot, t-o-m-i on instagram and <laughs> You can follow my vlog on YouTube. Just look up Will, tell me.
0: And you all can follow us at Actors with Issues on Instagram. Follow me at Juaniala Official. A massive thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. Head on over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast, 100% free. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review wherever you're listening. And you can catch new episodes every Friday on all podcasting platforms. I'm Juaniala. This is Actors with Issues. And we'll see you next week.